Yes, people, what's going on? Welcome back to Above the Knee with me, Liam Loftus. As always, we are joined by my man, Jay Extended. Jay, how are we, bro? Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this. He's pretending like we've not been speaking for about two hours already. <laughs> Tosin is absolutely wetting herself because she knows we have. But Tosin, how are you? Thanks so much for coming on. I'm good. I feel like this is such a weird thing to be like, yeah, guys. <laughs> but but I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm happy to be here. I'm ready to get cracking. <laughs> Everyone's nicely warmed up. Let's yeah. let's start. Let's start from the beginning. Um, your your journey to now, Tosin, to be to becoming a writer and creator. What, what, what was your journey? I've I've read some of your stuff earlier on today, and I, I I really like your style in terms of the way you articulate. So what what was yeah? What was your journey and like what's? Well, we'll do the journey first. I want to ask who was okay, right. What was your journey first? So I studied sports management, business and sport management. I had to do this, I had to do the business part because my dad's Nigerian and was like, you can't just do sports management. So that was a compromise. That was the year that David Cameron said that combined subjects are useless. So I was having <laughs> a, fantastic, a fantastic journey into uni. Um, yeah, I've always enjoyed sports. I wasn't like the most academically gifted person in school. I really skate, scraped through. My teachers were absolute godsends. Like, I don't know what they did. I don't know who they bribed, but my grades <laughs> I was like great but yeah I wanted to work in sports like that was always my thing it was always something I was interested in always something I was I was good at so I did sports management because I don't want to do sports education or sports like mm. it was really just I wanted to do sports but I didn't want to do the other subjects mm. so I had to do sports management and yeah that like my experience at uni was interesting like you know, I was really in, in the sports part. I was really the only woman of colour in my course. So it was really difficult because I felt like I had to act a certain way or, you know, say things and anything I would say was kind of going to be used against like all of black people, for example. Like I had people like say stuff like to me, oh, I've never met a black person in real life before. Or, you know, you, you don't act like a black person on TV, which is like, well, duh. Um, but yeah, like, you know, I still continued my graduated and stuff. And I wanted to work in the industry and, you know, they always say network, network, network. And I just mm -hmm. couldn't get put in. So I started going to like sport networking events and, not being really happy with the conversations that we were having, the, the panelists and what was being said. And I had kind of developed a little bit of a reputation of the difficult one because some of the questions I would ask were questions that I thought, I didn't think anything of it in terms of like controversy, but mm -hmm. me and these in these panels a lot of the time would cause silence or people trying to square up the questions and stuff. And I, you know, a lot of my friends, don't really like sports so they had to really deal with a lot of my <laughs> my ranting and my rambling um until I, in 2019 I guess I I remember telling Laddie the day that I I was thinking of this thing and you know and I gave him my email and you know a couple of weeks later I get an email from him going so when are you starting I was like whoa, whoa. like I just mentioned it I wasn't planning doing anything and he I always say that I credit him all the time for the reason that sports have started and I wanted to kind of create a space where we were having conversations that I was having with my peers um at the level that I thought was having them um and yeah sports just started and you know we did our first event and we did like a Q&A in our first event and we did like a networking session afterwards and people seem to enjoy it so we continued and you know started kind of getting my my writing in there as well because I feel like I say a lot on Twitter and I drop a lot of knowledge on Twitter and this is not even me being cocky like a lot of the stuff I'm saying is is very good some of it is like oh but like nine times when I when I when I do analysis and stuff like it is pretty good but I was like hey you know like everyone you get to a point where you're like I don't want to keep writing threads on Twitter. I want to yeah. put it somewhere. So that's how I started writing. And, you know, the first piece that I wrote for Women's Footballers Say Why it had a great reception, good and bad. I had some DMs um, and stuff. And, yeah, since then I've been trying to, trying to write a little bit as well um, and raise awareness. And one of the things that I'm trying to do a little bit more now is... Um, talk about having ADHD in sports and being neurodivergent in sport and how 
that kind of, you know, changes the way we see things and the way we interact with the industry that isn't created for us because the world isn't isn't built for us. Um, and yeah, here we are. Um, you just you mentioned the women's football so white article. Let, let's 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 talk on that because it's it's something that is sort of for me touched on. People acknowledge it, but then it's just an acknowledgement. It's like, yeah, we know, but let, let's get over here. And yeah. what, 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 I don't know what to ask. What was, what was the reaction to the article when it came out? So black women were like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like they were like, yeah, I agree with everything. It was white women who I had an interesting bunch of reactions to the ones who I think got it were the ones who already had um like a understanding of the topic mm. so they were kind of a lot more open to it there were parts so you know where I had people be like oh I didn't realize that this was a, a thing thank you for bringing yeah. that up but I had a lot of white women who were saying that I was into I, I had internalized misogyny that I don't want white women to succeed, that my article was racist, um, that um, I don't have to bring race into everything. And, you know, women's football is not on the same level as men's football, so we shouldn't compare it. Um, so, which none of the reactions surprised me mm. because it was what I was expecting. And it's the reason why I wrote it in the first place, because... I can't fully remember what triggered it, um, but I think there was, no, I, I think I remember what triggered it, I'm not 100% sure, but I think there was a topic going on about how um, we need to allow women's football to grow before we start tackling its issues. Mm. And I think that really annoyed me because it's like, you're saying all of this stuff, but you market and advertise yourself as this family friendly and opposition to men's football, this, that, and the other. But yet, some of the stuff that you're doing is a lot worse than men's football. Some of yeah. the stuff voting is a lot worse than men's football. And yeah, I wrote this like two, three years ago now, and <laughs> nothing's changed. I think it's gotten worse. Yeah, I think, see, me, me reading the article, I mean, obviously, I'm a, I'm a mixed race boy, so maybe I don't. It wasn't. It didn't offend me as it offended other people, but it wasn't. It was a. It's the system. You're not. You're not blaming the players. You're not attacking white women. You're saying the system is fundamentally wrong. Yeah. And I think for people to react in an emotional way and to say them things to you. I feel like it's, you, you've read, you've not read the article, you've not interpreted the. I mean, obviously everything's open for interpretation, but and yeah. I could, I might have misinterpreted what 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 you yeah. went to write. I might have seen that. I might my interpretation now might be completely wrong. You'd be like, listen, yeah. no, it isn't. But I saw it as the the problem is the system, and like you said, when it's we'll tackle these problems when it's bigger, then the problem's bigger. You. It's, it's no different to I love like an analogy but if you're looking at like a house oh we've got we've got a, we've got a leak down here I oh, will fix it once the house is built but why we can see it's super exposed here we can just get, we can sort this now and then build and mm -hmm. we're not we ain't got to worry about that we can yeah. eradicate that problem right now and that's how that's how I interpreted the article and then your comments then you're not saying oh I don't want these players to do this or I don't it should be a this or that like it's the system and mm. for people to come out and defend the system that they don't, and they don't even know they're defending it. It's just, it's, mm. it's, it is frustrating because it is like, wh why isn't there? We see it in the men's side of things and you think, okay, we're, we're very, we, we, we champion it for being inclusive. And then it's like, but then we look at that and it's like, maybe it's not like diversity isn't actually there maybe it's diverse in other ways but when it comes to your race it's, it's not very diverse and not everything's about race okay yeah cool I, I can I can understand that and I can probably get that people probably are tired of the conversation 
but it, it needs to be happened. It's always that, like, I always think of that meme. It's like, imagine yeah. how tired we are. Like, and it is. Like, do you think people read that? Do, do they really think that you want to read that? Do you want to write that? Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, yeah, in, like, a, in an ideal world, we want it all to be perfect. You probably want, you probably want to be able to look at it and go, you know what? That girl looks just like me. I'm buzzing and be yeah. happy. Like, and it's not, I'm not trying to bring any, I'm not trying to pull anyone down. It's, it's, it's the, uh, I can't I've lost the word. It's the play. It's the, what's the word am I thinking? I said it a minute ago. Systemic. It's the system. Yeah. It's the system. That's the problem. Like, and yeah, it's, it, it hearing that from you then, I, I, it, it did, it didn't, I'm not surprised, but I'm still, I'm, I'm disappointed because I thought the women's game was much more conscious than say the men's game. I'm not saying it isn't, but yeah. from that, that reaction, it is, yeah, it's, it's disappointing. And yeah, it's the I'm... representation as well. You just got yeah. to think like, you have to think, why would someone not be annoyed that they don't see more of themselves in a team? Why are you marketing? Mm women's game is this inclusive space this friendly space this family orientated space when it's not that i've been to games women's games and been the only black person there that's not comfortable i'd rather be in a men's game at a chelsea game than go to a women's chelsea game and then hear children say racist stuff and their parents shush them we talk about how the men's game doesn't do enough for racist abuse from fans the women's game does nothing Mm. does absolutely nothing we talk about how you know the women's game is for everyone it's not for everyone if you don't look like a certain way you're not getting anywhere I guess the only good thing is that black players are realizing that they can't play for England and going to this um you know going to play for their home countries going to play for their families countries for me is what men in the England team such as you know Callum should be doing Callum play for Ghana um <laughs> should be doing you know that I feel like it's the only mm. positive thing and it's so weird now because i'm seeing the conversation shift to let's build the women's game and now including how do how can men be allies but you haven't even been allies to the women of color mm. you, you haven't even brought women of color into it you haven't brought trans women into it you haven't brought non-binary people into that conversation but you're jumping straight to men like make it make sense yeah you you, you spoke about the, the gatekeeping and you, you know what just just by chance I saw a few people a few different people all say the same thing today that there's a lot of gatekeeping gatekeeping in the women's game and I'll be I'll be honest with you uh I'm completely ignorant to it I had a very my intro into the women's game was through Man City I worked there so I was in a very privileged position to get in and have the world on my feet sort of thing have the, the best like when they're winning the best team best facilities and I was like oh cool and the more I, I was always like oh it's it's amazing like such a family thing but having spoken to other people and speaking to you now like there there's a fundamental problem and the longer we leave it there's gonna there's gonna there's not gonna be a fix if we leave it too long yeah We're gonna it's see- gonna be the norm yeah we're going to see a Team USA situation where you have certain next players <coughs> who have left the team because they don't like the team culture and made their own podcast to slam the team while the rest of the team are trying to shift it. And I think the reason why that works in America, why it doesn't work here, is because a lot of those players embody that. Mm. You can't... England's women will never embody that because you have players who were involved in the racism of Enya Luku who have never apologised. So unless they either publicly apologise or England stop playing, they will always ever be, um, what is it, what is it called? Um, pushing forward racism. Mm. Forever, because they didn't even give a generic, oh, we're sorry, <clears throat> you know, we didn't mean this for it to happen. They just don't talk about it. I've been to events where if you mentioned any local situation, they shut it down, or they tell you you can't answer that. Or, mm. or you know, players will leave but the game is meant to be a place that I can fit in but if a men's if if the men's team the men's England team did that where they didn't want to answer questions about racism people will be up in arms yeah arms so it's the hypocrisy for me it's the gatekeeping because like I said they want certain people to benefit from the expansion of the women's game and they'll do anything in their power to make sure that other people are not included 
And when you include women of colour, especially black women who really and truly push the culture of football and the football culture, it means that you have to you have to open up yourselves to get them involved to get the best game. Mm. I understand why they've moved the the centre up north. I get it. There is a lot of Londonism, I guess is the right word, in in football in sports. I understand it, but it's sort of you can't just move it up north and then have absolutely nothing in place in London. You can't punish London because mm. of. For, for, for other things and be so shocked that there aren't black players coming up the academies when you have some of the most shocking players who are making it through who actually if you gave people the chance would have never made it these are societal these are again this is it's obviously a lot harder than it's a lot bigger than just football but these are societal problems yeah it's always you gotta you gotta work twice twice as hard and um it, it's uh, yeah like you can't wait for something to get bigger because these problems are so big. Mm. It's like, how, how do you, how do you even, how do you think about tackling it? Because um, it's, we've got, yeah. it's gone, it's gone. It's so far gone now already. Yeah. And I think a big thing is, especially with women's football, we have a certain way of seeing it because all of us here are people of color. So mm. naturally we go through it. If we are the one of seven, at the stadium, we're the ones that go through it, but we're not the majority. And telling 5,000 other people that I felt alone and they didn't feel alone, it'll be like, no, like I was with all my friends. I was with my family. It was amazing mm. sort of thing. So I think it's hard to get that to translate over and to get people to understand because when people don't understand, it's easy. You're bringing race into this. Actually, no, you're not giving it a chance. Oh, things have happened. It's like, there's a way of saying, yes, women's football is great but also there is these issues that get swept under the carpet. And for people of colour, that's uncomfortable. And it's like, you want things to change. And the thing is, women's football has been held back for 50 years. So it's like, it doesn't have to be broken. Like, it can be very different. Like, it's at the early stages. So a lot of things can be worked on. It doesn't have to keep being like this. Because it's like, there's no guaranteed answer there's no way there's no way to like make sure yeah, there's that, no quick fix yeah yeah it's like we have to open up conversations we can't just because sometimes you feel like if you say something especially when it comes to race because there's great black players that you just don't hear spoken about enough wsl d1 arkema in france you just don't hear them spoken about and you think mm. <clears throat> maybe because i'm black I feel like I need to big them up more. Maybe I'm watching out for them more. And it's not that. It's just they're so, so put to the bottom. And then you feel like maybe I'm mad, but it's not. It's just they're just not being represented well. Like Mary Katoto in France, I just don't hear enough people speak about how she has 107 goals in 105 games. Mm. But like you would hear other players mentioned in PSG before oh. her. And she's such a huge part of that PSG team. And it just makes you feel like, are you paranoid? Or is it just that you, you keep thinking you're paranoid because you can't speak about it freely. And I think women's football needs, it almost needs the suggestion box that people look at. I, I feel like have to as, put things out there. As people of colour, race is the last thing. Like, and even if that's your, like, I don't, I don't know about you guys, but you can tell, like, if, if something doesn't, if something feels a bit racist, it usually is racist. Like, yeah. That's, that's just what it is. And it's just something that, and it's just something that you're brought up on, basically. Yeah. Something doesn't, you just know, something doesn't feel right in your stomach when you hear it and you go, oh, like, I don't know. And then you're like, oh, I don't want to say anything because what if I'm being oversensitive? Yeah. yeah. And when people go, oh, it's, you're just bringing up race. And it's like, listen. I've exhausted every potential in my head trying, I'm, I'm, I'm begging, I'm begging it's not race. Like, do you yeah. really think I want to be the person to bring it up? And again, sort of thing. And it is, it's so, it's so exhausting. And also like, you know, like when you did that article, you probably knew that some of the comments you want to get, are, are going to be exhausting, are going to be terrible for your mental health. And you're like, you know what, like, you you can't just do nothing. Like I've got to do something, and you you go through it, you exhaust it. Like, and I always say that like, I had 
I would say like, no, this is this isn't my England. And I used to think about it was up till up till this Euros, recent Euros, when I was like, oh, you know what? Actually, I love the England team now. Mm. Like, I love them. Beforehand, I was never. I watched England, but this wasn't my England. And I remember, I don't know if, how you lot grew up. Like you said, you obviously mad sporty, but I remember yeah. like, having conversations with my my brothers. Like, oh, well, if we go pro, what country are you going to play for? Oh, I'm not playing for England. I was like, oh, I might play for St. Lucia. I might play for Grenada. Mm-hmm. And it was never like, it was always, oh, where else could we go? Because like this, because they're not going to love me anyways. And like, yeah. now it's getting, you know what? Like, I mean, obviously the final will spoil it. And that made me think again, I was right. I was right to have them feelings as a kid and not want to play for England, X, Y, Z. But yeah, I just, it's, it's so hard to explain that the mental battle you have before you say something's racist is, is, oh, it's awful. Like it's, and it's, it's exhausting and you do it and it's like, oh, it's like a courtesy call. Mm. I know what it is. It's like you, I don't know how to explain it. I'm watching Grey's Anatomy at the moment and it's like, listen, someone has got, I can see their brain in it. Like, yeah. I know, I know I need to fix their brain, but I'm going to have to do them all the scans. I'm going to have to get an x-ray down here and check their heart rate. And it's like, listen, I'm not, I know what it is. I, I know what it is to fix. Like, I've, I've been doing, I've been feeling this for a long time. I've, I know about it sort of thing, but you've got to go, it feels like you've got to go through all the steps in your own head to rationalise something that you knew within reading the first lines or hearing the, hear, overhearing it and not even having to go, well, sorry, what did you say? Mm. Like, and it's, it's exhausting. Like, it's so exhausting. No, like, I, I definitely agree. And I think with the men's England team, I was the same. Like, I was like, okay, okay, maybe, you know, maybe Sarah, I won't tell you to play for Nigeria. Maybe, maybe mm. this, is, this is the team for you. But I think as well, I guess with, with women's football, it heightens it because women as a collective are part of an oppression group right so when you when you are part of that when someone else criticizes what you're doing people take it as as offense and yeah mm. i knew we're gonna come for me i closed my dms for a reason <laughs> but it was the same thing with in sports shifts two three years ago now we did an event um celebrating black women and it was an all black women panel i got told it's the first i'm claiming it as the first um and we had white women DMing us saying how racist it is, how we're causing segregation, how, you know, how dare we have, um, you know, events where it's just black women. And it's like every woman, you know, and it's the Women National Hist- um, oh, Women's History Month this month. I can already count on my hands the amount of events that will just be all white women. And no one mm. will say no one will say it's racist. You know, when someone like James, for example, is, is, is highlighting the issues um, in, in the women's football, I'm always going to support because it's always 100% correct. Even if James has like a, a really awful take, I, you're not going to hear that is an awful take from me. Absolutely not. <laughs> like, even if it's a, inc- I'm going to be like, yes, yes, James. <laughs> Slay, you know, James, let's do it. Slay, you know, yeah. because- <laughs> I think we've gotten to that point now where where we, we we have to be and it's it's very frustrating because obviously the last couple of months have been a very stressful time to be a woman especially going outside and with the police and everything and mm. I wrote another thing it was a quick thing I wrote about um misogynoir in sports and how we talk about the um the women the American game and how all the women are so brave for for talking about the abuse and the thing that really upset me was when the black players who were the ones who were the you know who broke the news first were tweeting in real life I know that people are going to erase us from the story hmm. I know that people look and I saw it in real life how <clears throat> people were saying how these particular women are, you know, game changers. These women didn't do shit because they were very happy to keep their mouth shut uh, while, while these black women who put themselves in the line to talk about this abuse were getting abuse. But they're very happy to take the credit. And it's kind of just like, you cannot be a victim of abuse and then watch someone else who was also a victim of abuse get abuse 
mm. or for the thing that they're talking about. And you just sit there on the sidelines. But you can't call them out because it means you have internalized misogyny and you hate women. And at this point, I'll take that label. Yeah, I have internalized misogyny. Yeah, I hate women because I hate the space that I'm in. I hate the space that I'm seen as a difficult person because I don't want to see white women all the time. I hate the fact that I'm, I'm, I'm seen as someone who wants women's football downfall because I, I don't want to be walking into a women's game and looking around and having people tuttering at me like asking me why I'm here. I don't want to be, you know, none of this is fun, like you're saying, none of this is fun mm. to me. I would love to just be able to go and watch a football game and watch a football game. I yeah. don't want to sit there and look around and have people watching me like, why are you here? Yeah. And I think there's a reason for, for everything in a sense that Sometimes people can see it as someone's ultra negative. They don't care. Like they're just trying to be difficult, but there's reasons why people feel these things. And it's like, if you're the minority, you're going to feel a certain way, but no one cares because it's like, no, the 25 of us have no issue. This one person always has this issue, but it's like, if the majority doesn't care and doesn't want to listen, that person will always have to shout and shout and shout. And that will still fall on deaf ears. And it's like, this is why we need conversations like this because 100% there's always going to be people that disagree but it's about trying to get the understanding to hear other people's point of views because it's like it's not just one way men's football women's football is football not everyone will have the same experience and mm. but you have to understand and still appreciate someone else's experience mm -hmm. that might not be yours because we all see things differently and it's like there's no point acting like there's only one way you can see it yeah no, and also, I, think, I think the main thing is people well, you don't want to we don't want to feel like this. Yep. Like like yep. you said, you just want to go to football and just mm -hmm. in, enjoy it. And you know what? I want to watch a game of football. I want to come home and tweet about the result. I want to tweet mm -hmm. about how a VAR decision was mental. I want to talk about how good a goal was. I don't want to come home and be like, oh, that was exhausting. I mm. really felt uncomfortable there. What why do yeah. why does someone think that you that's what want you want? Like why would you not complain about it? Yeah, I think that's what you, I like. Something's wrong. You complain about it, and it's so much. It's yeah. It's 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 funny as well because it's like you know, uh, we are not Megs was is this was created um for that reason to 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 create a safe space for for women of people of color, um and non-binary people of color to um to watch football in the safe spaces and seeing the reaction people have to it where they're like oh but women's football is a safe space and you know telling people about it and getting first time as you've never been to a game look around and be like this is mm. not for me it's like if an organization created to 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 get women to go and watch football safely and nine times out of ten most of the games that we go to are um, women's games and we're the only minorities apart from maybe one or two people in the press box it's a problem mm. also who are, who are people to tell you where where you sh you can and can't feel safe mm. that that alone is okay i can swim but say jay can't swim i'm going listen jump in the water it's safe mm. it's safe for me yeah yeah like you just like you said you just need to be compassionate and understanding mm. that not not everyone's the same and it's so it's so basic I feel, I feel like the stuff we're saying i feel like we we tell a, a, a three-year-old like and it's it's so it's so frustrating and like i feel like i lose words trying to articulate it because i'm like i, I can't surely i can't be explaining this like yeah. surely you just know surely you just know and it's it's exhausting but the whole oh well it's you should feel safe here okay that's not that's not for you to decide that's actually for me to decide. I might not feel, someone might be scared of the dark. Well, you should feel safe there. There's nothing there. Okay, but that's still down, that's down to the individual. And the, we can't group people together. Like it's just, as a society, as sports, like everyone's different. And until we can, like this, this sounds so basic. It's like, until we can understand everyone's different. What is this? Is this a year two assembly? Like, what, what, what am I saying? Like, do you know what I mean? I think it's people don't realize because people are enjoying progress right now. Women's football is progressing, so it's like 
let's just let's just like can you not see what's going on like can you not see there's the great deal the broadcast deals like <clears throat> players get more recognition and stuff and it's like but that doesn't mean things that's the thing you can have a tesla that you just bought that's is going down the street and it's perfect but one of the tires are flat you can continue to be in this nice car driving but the tire's still flat we can't we have to listen that's the thing we have to listen we have to listen and not argue at the end of the day it's like someone could have a different opinion doesn't mean that they hate everything that's mm. the thing you can still want to see more black women more asian women in the England team and still like the England team right now and still support them and still have no issue with them. But you just want to see yourself more. That's the thing. People like, think, no, you hate them because you want to see something else. No. Same way how if you like the younger players and you want to see them given more of a chance in the England team, that doesn't mean you hate the older players. It just means that you want something different. And that's, I think that's the issue. It's like, you're not allowed to compare. You're not allowed to criticize. You're not, because every single thing is perfect and it's not. Yeah. And until I, people see that, it's like, it will still be frustrating. I think you mentioned a very good point. I feel like for me, in my, in my personal opinion, women's football and women's sports in general has become a space where you're not allowed to criticize it. Mm. Any form of criticism is negative and any form of criticism is you wanting it to, to fall apart and how much you hate women. And people are using the excuse of, oh, we're saying that because a lot of the criticism is, is, is because of misogyny. And it's kind of just like, first of all, it's very ironic that you're covering everything in misogyny because what that does is dilute the issue. Um, you can't say every criticism is misogyny because then when we have a real misogyny issue, no one's gonna take it seriously because you've said everything is misogyny. I've had people say, oh, but shouldn't, shouldn't we be happy that women are making money? I'm so sorry, but in this capitalist society, if you making money is the only thing that is important to you um, for, for, for women's football, then it's another thing. When I see people talk about how amazing these sponsorship deals are, I'm like, money comes and goes, babes. Mm. Money comes and goes, but the way you treat people doesn't, and people don't forget that. People do not forget that. And people also see how you treat people publicly. So you can then message someone. I've had journalists who have, you know, been kikiing about, about things and then have come to me and asked me something. I'm like, no, because I see how you treat black people. I see how one of your friends, um, um, you know, completely um, put someone else someone else's um, at risk on Twitter because they didn't like what they say, and I saw how you were laughing. I can't trust you. Mm. I can't trust you to not say what I'm saying. I can't trust you to not twist my words. I can't make me look like a coon because, God forbid, um, that is absolutely not something I want. I'm happy to be wrong. I'm happy to, 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 to be told that I'm wrong. I'm happy to have loud opinions, but I'm not going to be used as your, your, your fun Negro to make a point for you. And I think women's football at that point now where it's like a lot of people who are making it are either the ones who have created their own paths, which shouldn't be something that you should be doing anyway, because there is a clear path available yeah. or the ones who are happy to be mm -hmm. that the ones who are happy to to be the yes i'm happy to be that black person who disagrees with every other black person how is it any different to the men's game but you market yourself as different to the men's game so i don't know it's it's incredibly frustrating um something i'm still going to be talking about forever i mean personally i can't i can't commend you enough for speaking up like you said I'm a mixed race man in the women's game. I can't even imagine how how you feel. Um, and it's probably very easy for I'm I don't I don't categorize I don't group everyone in, but it's very easy for me to almost forget these players don't look like me because I'm a man. Mm -hmm. So I almost close the door instantly on that. They're not, they're, in my, oh, they're not supposed to look like me almost. But hearing, listening to you today, I think this is, it was really, this has been arguably our most important episode 
Um, I mean, we're not done. I just want to, but I want to thank you for coming <laughs> on and talking. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I'm not trying to end it. No, I'm just, I'm yes. just, I just want to. I just want to. I just want to say thank you now, whilst we're on the back of it, because yeah. on topics like racism, I like I do know how hard that is talking, but I'm also very much aware that I'm a mixed race man, which is I get viewed very differently in society and. Yeah, I just, uh, yeah, I want, I just want to like commend you and just say like I think you're incredibly, incredibly brave, and like, like honestly, I could, I, like, I could, I could tear, I could tear up, like, like as, as cringy as that sounds and as gross as that sounds, like, I, like I could, I could cry for you, like for the words that you said, like honestly, like breaks my heart for something that I love and I feel included in, and I know that I'm different from what it is but I still feel very much included and for you to feel like that is is awful like and for yeah like my heart breaks for you honestly and for everyone else that feels like that but it's it's so important to talk about and we've got we've got to have these conversations and while she's speaking I'm thinking what what can what can change what can change is it yeah the next the next generation of this England team once all this England team's gone does it change and I'm like no stuff doesn't work like that like culture's embedded and like I feel like I'm quite a pragmatic pragmatic person like I'm usually even in like a, fa- a fantasy world I feel like when I'm reasoning my head I'm like I know it'll never happen but in a fantasy world we could do this and I feel like that almost gives me a, a teeny bit of salvation but I can't like I, I really can't and like, I'm I'd I, <laughs> yeah honestly I, I can't I, yeah. I can't commend you enough for for speaking the way you do and for fighting the way you do and yeah like honestly in- incredible yeah um, no, I really, really I, appreciate I, the conversation we've had or the just that section yeah just I'd, like even if this doesn't make the podcast like, I, I really want to say like thank you because it's, yeah. it's very important and I feel like being different it's always hard to be different being different is when you know I might lose out on this people might think I'm this way but it's like I'm being true yeah I'm comfortable mm. I know I'm myself whereas some people have to not do things not be themselves in order to succeed but then how are you really succeeding if you know you can't be yourself to succeed and I think and the thing is we don't know like the problem is we don't know because there's such a lack of transparency in women's football you don't even know how long players contracts are Mm. and that's that's something so basic so it's like imagine the real issues that you won't hear maybe they are working on things but we never know no one brings it up so I mean I feel like the FA had um recently dropped a report and I I remember I sent this to you as well Mm. that they talked about diversity and we looked through and they were like no mention of race yeah no one and And it's like yeah what the fuck? <laughs> really, truly. It's mm, like what yeah. <clears throat> found black players to put pictures off in that report and what they're gonna do. They found black players, but they never mentioned race. Yeah. Once. But I've also been incredibly privileged to have found groups of people who agree with what I'm saying, believe in what I'm saying, and have built a support system that kind of helps with all of this um you know one of the best people i know is 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 chris who um runs the spurs lgbt um community and she honestly has been such a um a motivator and always in my corner and you know we've been to events before where she i don't have to ask that question because she brings it up mm-hmm. like where is diversity where is and all of that stuff and you know to have someone like that in your corner and you know I have other people I've got you James I've, you know Hayley um other people who have been just great in terms of helping me not lose myself because you it eats you up and then you start to feel like you're a bad person for for, for bringing it up as well and um you know but I guess I guess a way for me to counteract that is kind of the work that I do with sports shifts and finding people who are doing amazing stuff in, in, in their sport. I've always found Team USA 
like commendable team because of how they how they deal with things i'm not saying they're perfect and they still have their own racism issues but the fact that a lot of players can come out who are currently in the team usa we're not talking about the wsl because nwsl because that's a whole that's a whole mm. different game but the team usa in terms of the black players who can come out and speak up and feel comfortable to do that that's a culture mm. Okay, maybe the whole other part of Team USA, Team Soccer, is not that fantastic as a culture, but that team, that is someone, and that's people who have put the effort into trying to change it. And you, you find your 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 space, and there's organisations, you know, such as um, Romance SC, who I always will forever shout and Trish and the work that she's doing for grassroots football. And you know, I tell black women who want to get into sports to play for them because. That for at least 90 minutes, you know that within your team you'll be fine. You can't obviously predict what the other opponent's going to do, but you know for those 90 minutes, if something does happen to you, you have people who are going to back you. Mm. I think that's another thing. We just have to push places that are created by Black people. Are safe. And, and, are, and are safe. And obviously safe spaces can only be as safe as, 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 as you know, you can make them, but... Mm. There are organizations by black women who are creating places in sports and in football for other for other black women. I guess the only thing we can do is really just uplift those ones and donate when they need it. Because <laughs> we're talking grassroots, there are some grassroots clubs who we should probably open up their books because some of their funding and some of the, the ways that they get money shows that the, the issue is from top to bottom mm. and clubs mm. are getting grants and loans and still paying fees and you have other clubs who are like we know that you can't afford it so you can just pay what you pay but don't apparently you know qualify for schemes and quotes and stuff so it's a it's a world it's a it's a top down bottom issue um, and I guess I'm gonna stick around until <laughs> until it's somewhat of a of, of, of a better place than normal. It's the, it's the conversation. The conversation needs to be had. Yeah. And I always like when I've had if there's not people that look like us in them conversations, in them leadership roles, it's gonna fall on deaf ears. Yeah. And as much as you can go up there and talk to people and, and give the most compelling answer. And if they don't understand the experience, they're not going to see it as a problem. And it's going to be, oh, maybe that's just you. They need, we need people like us in leadership roles to then be like, okay, how do, how do we feel? You can go and speak the way you have today. And it's not on deaf ears. If, and is, as much as someone might go, oh, I, I hear you, I understand you don't like and it's not and it's nothing to do with that person that person might be honestly moved and be like you know what I do want to change things and you're right but it's it's the shared experience is so is so important and without that it's it's for me it's it's always going to fall on deaf ears it's it's no one's ever going to be able to understand to the the maximum it needs to be understood if if they have if they don't have them shared experiences yeah and i and think yeah it's one of the reasons why i personally think sports shifts you know what we're, we're trying to do what we we can because there aren't a lot of spaces in sports where black people are the experts when it's not and you know we're, we're trying to do what we can to, to push that to create spaces where predominantly the people in the audience are black the panelists are black the people who are creating it are black and we can have conversations that aren't about race that you can be the expert and I guess one of the things when I reach out to people for like our web series or for any events that we've done is that a lot of people were like no one's ever no one's ever said that I'm an expert in this mm. no one has ever seen me as an expert in basketball or esports or whatever um for some people it's been their first time hosting it's been their first time being on the panel and it's like, it's so funny because then you listen to them and you're like, I don't understand how people haven't heard what yeah. you, you speak in a way that you know what you're talking about. Mm. And you, you talk in, in such a way that I always leave 
something and a recording an event having learned something new um and you know that's you know that's what we're going to try and keep doing we're going to keep building and keep spreading awareness and showing people that black people are the experts and we do know what we're talking about and um we are going to keep trying to build a space where we can exist and you know we've got some exciting things planned this summer um and you know i'm because i've taken a bit of a break on our socials i'm excited to kind of get back on there and keep showing people some of the work that we've been doing so far behind the scenes and really just push other black people out there to show that there are people doing the work and there are people who have had these conversations amongst themselves and realized like you said the people at the top don't care and are not going to understand or are trying to understand but because they can't they can't go through it they can't really understand it we're just going to create something ourselves and they're going to come to us eventually and from a lot of the people that i've spoken to that's happened people have created their own thing and then the industry have taken notice and come to them and i think it's such a powerful way of doing it because it puts you in charge mm-hmm. so they can black people now i feel like the tide is turning a little bit where you're coming to us you're asking us for mm. for help these are our terms these are our conditions these are what we want um while beforehand it was kind of us begging people to take us seriously for you know begging people to to look at our work now i feel like we've built a big enough community that i can go to someone tomorrow and ask them if they want to do something with us and we can do that and you know next thing you know they know someone who knows someone and the next thing you like I have an organization coming to me and I have terms so I can choose my pay I can choose my hours I can choose specifically what I'm going to talk about I can choose my team and I feel like there is really a shift which is super exciting to see with black content creators and black people in sports where we're the ones who are in charge um like obviously still not in charge of the overall structures and systems but when it comes to culture when it comes to what we're seeing on tv when it comes to how we're seeing it on tv when it comes to stuff like memes and podcasts and everything else we're starting to be the ones who are in charge and you know but this is predominantly in men's sports and it's I'm just still waiting for for there to be that kind of same resurgence in 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 women's sports and I feel like where it is now in terms of not just football but a lot of women's sports building in terms of attendance and viewings and money and stuff I think it's the perfect time for black people to really be like let's shift over to to women's Mm. and really push ourselves forward because it would get to the point where you can't ignore us anymore you can't you can't pretend that we don't exist you can't pretend that black people don't take part in women's football or sports which yeah. i heard people say no one cares about black women in 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 sports because black women don't take part in sports or black women don't watch women's sports they only watch men's sports and i really want to go why do you think that a lot of us only watch men's sports but yeah i think you know and stuff like this where it's like we're talking about women's football. We're putting ourselves out there. We're forcing, we're forcing ourselves into that space. Um, and like it or not, we're here to stay. Um, I think it's it's just a super exciting time where you know we can have these conversations, but also have a laugh. And I think black joy and black medicine, you know, black joy is 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 black medicine and how doing things for us is is so key and i've seen such a difference in content and mm. the people i've spoken to when people have stopped trying to do things for white people and have gone this is my community and i want to put things out there for my community with love and you know like love in the undercurrent like with support on the other current having your dms open talking to people getting you know getting them to giving them advice you know, saying don't do this, and I do that all the time. Like, you know, there's a lot of people that I've I've been spoken to who are younger. Who I'm like, okay, I did it this way, don't do it this way. <laughs> um, there's a lot your way. I found that out three years later, so I'm gonna tell you now, don't do it. Do it this yeah. way. 
And I think that's just super exciting to me. And I think we're just, like I said, we're going to force our way into women's sports, like it or not. And you're going to see a shift like we're seeing in men's sports where there's going to be a massive culture change and we're just going to see more of the black influence in terms of how sports is, is, is consumed in women's sports as well. And definitely we don't want to be a what's it we don't want to be just us. The whole point is we just want to be us with our people there. Yeah. You don't want it, you don't want it to be like, okay, if I'm going to this one, then Liam's going to the next one. We just want all of us there, just like how there's all of the norm there. It's as simple as that. We want to be together. We just don't want to be one in a in a group of so many different. Absolutely, absolutely. Let's let's talk. Um, I read your article, Black Women, Joy in Sports. How did how did that feel? How what what was your like? You're saying like being able to you're saying being able to like almost be yourself in a safe space, and that's that's the sort of impression I got from the article. It is like almost celebrating ourselves. What what does what does black joy in sports look like for you in an ideal world? Oh, that's a that's a big question. First of all, I'm all about and James knows about this as well. If you follow me on Twitter, you know this has become a campaign of mine. I am all about black wags. Like I need, I need more. That is like that is a campaign that I'm going to start spearheading myself. Um, <laughs> we need more of us. That so in the title. <laughs> <laughs> but um I guess it would be turning up to places and just being able to look around and be like, okay, right. I can I can I can be myself and not have to worry about how people view me or people see me. And you know, I, I've always said that watching sports in general with black people is just so much more entertaining because of how we how we view sports and how we watch it, um, from from the from the commentary to the roasting to you know the walking up and down when your when your team is not doing so well, um, to be able to kind of scream and shout. So for me, that is that is what it is like going to spaces and you know for me, Felicia with season design has 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 done that when we do kind of like. Um, football viewings and stuff where I can go and there's a couple of us and I can just be a Chelsea fan or you know be a sports fan and not have to worry about how people perceive me and you know listen being a black Chelsea fan is hard I don't choose this life Zola came to me and I was like (laughs) I just fell in love with him and everything that I feel like he embodied and his version of what Chelsea is and I think for me, I've carried that on through different players since then. Um, but for 90 minutes, I can kind of ignore, I would say, like the political aspect of being a black Chelsea fan and just experiencing football as 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 a Chelsea fan and, you know, not have to worry about how <laughs> a lot of the fan base are racist um, <laughs> or, or, or worry about how, a lot of the fan base see black players as entertainment for them, but aren't allowed to have their viewpoints, which I actually don't think is just a Chelsea issue. I think people are more vocal about it because it's a Chelsea thing. Um, but I feel like there's a lot of other clubs who who have that kind of same mentality where it's like black players should only be on the pitch and shouldn't say anything else. Um, so that is it for me, just being able to go somewhere and just be a fan and not have to worry about how I'm reacting and stuff and not having to worry about the fact that I'm talking for a game because <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you, I don't think I've ever watched a game anywhere with black people who someone hasn't talked through the game and hasn't their own commentary and hasn't their own roasting, you know? Or I've been in spaces where white people watch it in silence and I'm like, I'm very uncomfortable mm. because... Where is your where is your enthusiasm? Someone just missed an open goal and you're kind of sitting there. And it's like, why are you not why are you not reacting? This is this is a reaction. Um, so that is it for me. And I've been incredibly blessed to to find other Black Chelsea fans, especially women fans, because ha, if you think Black Chelsea fans are a, are a you know 
a myth. Black Chelsea fans who are women are a mythical creature. Like, you know, people don't think we exist. And, you know, you have podcasts like the Gold Diggers podcast where you hear just a range of different fans and hearing the Chelsea fans on there and being able to be like, yep, you're absolutely right. I think it's just so important. And it fills me with, with such joy and happiness because you know life is hard already um and just to have people who are around you who get it and and, you know support you and love you and they become your friends and your closest peers it's it's honestly it's 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 so unimaginable and I've I've been very lucky that I've been taken under the wing of such amazing black and mixed women in my life like you know Felicia, Hayley, Lizelli, like all three of them I tell them all the time how much they they mean to me and how much they've what they've done for me and pushed me in the right directions and given me the confidence to speak and creating spaces where where we can where we can speak and you know that's you know that's that's where it is as well um with with the articles and season design and it's so weird as well because like seeing my face in the magazine i was like rah i've made the, <laughs> the price of brick is going up <laughs> <laughs> you know i'm certified now um and yeah it's just being able to show that to to friends and family even if they don't care about sports i've been shoving it in people's faces like look it's me (laughs) um i just yeah it's just it's so indescribable that i can't even i can't really put into words without kind of like getting overly emotional about what it what it means to me and why it's so important as well because you know people are like oh you know there are black guys who watch it and it's like yeah and I you know I'm not going to dispute that there have been many black and mixed guys in my life who are also Chelsea fans and you know sports fans who've been a big influence but it's something different and just special when it's when it's black and mixed women who who really have you and really Mm. really support you and just show you just an abundance amount of love um and yeah, like, you know, it's love that I've been looking for um, and, and, and needing. And, you know, growing up has been hard because, you know, everyone was an Arsenal fan. And I got told how not really black because I'm a Chelsea fan and everyone knows that Arsenal are the, the minority club and all of this stuff, which is hilarious. Because sometimes when I when I go to the Emirates, I'm like, I don't know about this being the minority club because I'm just seeing white faces everywhere. You guys may need to change your marketing. Um, so yeah, I've been incredibly privileged and honestly, social media has been paid such a massive part in it in terms of being open and vocal about being a Chelsea fan. And obviously you get the, you get the AV Twitter calling you or whatever. (laughs) You also know that there's going to be people who will support you as you say your, as you say your comments as well. And, you know, at the moment I've been, we've been supporting the girls the Chelsea fans who are Lukaku fans, just giving them a hug. It's like, it's okay. He could maybe still improve. Uh, <laughs> you know, or helping them learn how to take off the lettering off their shirts. Gotta <laughs> 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 steam it off. You just put it over the kettle, oh. put it on. I'm not sure. It works. Washing them, mine's to fall off washing them by accident, but you know, <laughs> it works. Just doing that and um, yeah, I just, I'm just incredibly grateful and I just I feel so loved and I think the next step for me is to try and increase kind of neurodivergent representation in sports and getting more people who are autistic and have ADHD and dyslexic out there and showing us showing us in our in our true forms as well and you know anyone who does follow me on Twitter I've been incredibly open about my ADHD process and how how I feel about having ADHD and what it's like to have it in sports and I've actually been writing an article for the past six months it'll get out eventually (laughs) 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 about what it's like to have ADHD in sports I feel like every time I finish it something else pops up I have to add to it and I start again um yeah and just and just just doing that and you know, the first step is I found an amazing group of, of, of black women who all have ADHD and autism and stuff. And now I'm trying to convince them all to be football fans. Uh, it's I've I've understood it's going to be a long con, I'm, but I'm ready to put down the effort and the work. Mm. 
um, I'm basically going to tell them there's no other team that they can support apart from Chelsea. <laughs> I, you know what? I feel like Chelsea should be paying me for like community marketing. Uh, <laughs> Finders fee. <laughs> you got to get a, a little ten percent or something. I'm not sure. A little ten percent or something. Like two hundred black women who you might know who have ADHD. Uh, you know, if I can maybe get ten of them to become like lifelong Chelsea fans. <laughs> like can I get like a signed shirt or something, like, free complimentary tickets. Like call me, we can do a deal. A little um, hospitality or something, you know, yeah. just a little, a little meal, a little sit down, you know, Listen, them seats downstairs, I, they get they get cold. Just shield me I, off for at least a 90 minutes. Exactly that. I would I will take a hug from Christian Pritic. Like <laughs> You know, but yeah, I had to. I had to put my babes in there. Like anyone who knows me knows I'm a, I'm their stan. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can at me. I'm gonna block you. <laughs> but that's my babes. But um, yeah, like it's just it's difficult to put into words. I think the last last two years, funny enough, the lockdown has actually really cemented that for me in terms mm-hmm. of looking what black joy is and black love is in, in, in football and in sports. And I think it's been a thing. So, you know, trying to get more representation, ADHD and neurodivergent people, that's the next step. And I'm also as well, if you're a black Christian Politic fan, please follow me. You know, <laughs> it, it's hard. <laughs> um, you know, um, it's hard. Um, I need other people to help me when people are really trying to roast them because I really fight for my life in group chats and in DMs and people going to shoot. They're sending me videos of him. Really appreciate the help and support because the babe doesn't, you know, he doesn't deserve that. Um, <laughs> those are my two next, next, next things. The next steps. The next, next steps. Step. Tosin. Honestly, thank you so much for coming on. Um, I mean, we could keep. I'm probably gonna be like, when when can we next go? Um, but I'd love to. I'd, I don't know. I'd love to have you on again to talk more about um, the other bits that you've done. I feel like you're wicked. Like, absolutely love speaking to you. Um, but yeah, people at home, thank you so much for watching. I hope you have enjoyed this very important conversation has been had. So yeah, Jay, as always, big thank you to you, Tosin, again. Thank no you so much. Christian, call me.